Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your host of the weekly Wake Up with Spirit Seeker uh, radio show brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Spirit Seeker Magazine has been um, published for over 24 years now. We started off as a six-time-a-year magazine. Well, actually, we started off uh, as a quarterly newsletter, then segued into a six-time-a-year magazine, and then in 2002, we went to a monthly publication, and we have been digital online since 1998. You can always go to spiritseeker.com and read the magazine. You can also find it uh, in cities in the Midwest and Florida in Whole Foods for now. But we are thinking about going totally digital, so it's one of the things that is on the horizon with uh, since so much has changed. Uh, Places aren't open, you know. It's just not the same same world these days. At any rate... um, but Spirit Seeker doesn't just have the magazine. We have the weekly radio show, as you uh, know, because you're experiencing it right now. Um, but, and we also have a weekly email newsletter that kind of lets you know what's going on. Um, we do allow other uh, people to promote their events on our list, but we do not ever sell our list. So you will only hear from us um, and not be bombarded with us um, selling your name like so many people do. Um, but what you will know is when the magazine's online, you will uh, know who the radio show guests are, and you will find out about any classes um, that are being offered. Um, and so many classes are online now. So it's changing the world. Um, I know that, you know, m- many of my um, people who have been studying with me and coaching clients are happy that I'm now starting to teach in a digital platform. And so I'm just going to make a couple more announcements, and then I'll bring um, uh, my guest onto the air just wanted to announce that um, I will be offering a mediumship development class, and it will be on six Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, we will be meeting uh, by Zoom, and there's an early bird rate if you register uh, before 9.15 um, for all six classes, or if you do individual classes, um, then it's a little bit more, but just, just call 314-651-8513 for information or send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. Okay, is there anything else? I think I think that's it for announcements. Um, oh, one more thing. If you sign up for our email newsletter, um, then you're eligible for tickets to different events or for um, books and DVDs and CDs. So the way to sign up for the newsletter, you can do it one of two ways. You can go to spiritseeker.com, and there is a join our email newsletter, and you can just click right there. Um, you also can go to uh, your email and just send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. Yes, be added to the email list. Um, okay, so that's that. All right, my guest today is Gloria De Pietro. She is a past life regression and, uh, regression specialist, and she is the author um, of the book Soul's Journey. And this book is the story of traveling through time to find the truth. It's about reincarnation. She will speak today on the reasons why we, why we reincarnate and why do we continually return again and again. Um, her work touches on the soul and life purpose and karma. Um, past life uh, regression, I'm sorry, after studying for five years with Dr. Roger Wolger, um, Ms. De Pietro became a certified past life regression specialist. She now combines art therapy with past life regression uh, therapy to make a unique contribution to the transpersonal psychotherapeutic community. She has a new book, as I mentioned, um, A Soul's Journey, and um, she will be discussing that today as well. If you want to ask questions at any time in in the broadcast, just uh, push on your phone one star or one pound, either one, and it alerts me that you do have a question for our guest. Okay, without further ado, uh, Gloria, welcome to the call today. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. I can. Oh, good. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, Yeah. All right. So, um, so Gloria, you have uh, you have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. (laughs) So, um, but I just like like just to just you know, if you would be so kind as to just kind of give us an idea as to how you were drawn to this work. I mean, were you an art therapist first, and then you segued into you know the past life regression, or how did this all come about? um, If you would be so kind as to share, and also the writing of the book. Okay, well, that's a mouthful, and that could take a while, but I'll try and simplify for you. 
Um, I started out as a gallery painter. I was painting for, I don't know, 20 years. And um, I was drawn to start doing art therapy because of 9-11. We had so much trauma here in New York, and we actually witnessed it. My daughters and I were in the city that day. So it was truly a life-changing experience. And there were children down at Ground Zero in school who were right there and saw everything. So they came over the radio and they said, uh, we, we are looking for our therapists to come down and work with these traumatized kids. And I called up and I said, well, I'm not an art therapist, but I'm a painter and I could assist. I, I'll do anything. You know, I don't care. You know, just let me get down mm-hmm. there. And they said, no, you have to be licensed. So that was the push I needed to say, okay, I'll go back to school and get my master's degree in art therapy. So that started Amazing. rolling. Yeah. So then what happened was I was working at a residential treatment center, and I worked with adolescent boys. A lot of them were street kids, uh, gang members, you name it. You know, I, I worked with them. And this one boy had a mother who was in rehab, and I was working with him anticipating her release and coming back to bring the family back together again. And when she relapsed and didn't make it through the program, he was beside himself. And he came to me and he said, why me? Why did I have to be born to this mother? Why am I in this family? What have I done to deserve this? And I was like, (laughs) as a therapist, I was like blown away by these questions. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to help this boy. What can I do? I said, Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers for you right now, but I will find them. And I started searching. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found Roger Wolger, my teacher, and he introduced me to this past life regression uh, process and in fact we do come back to uh, pay I guess for our transgressions of the past this boy evidently had something to learn tantamount about family values and about um, you know keeping the family together and working as a unit and it was a very, very hard lesson, I must say. But um, nothing mm-hmm. happens by chance, you know. Everything happens for right. a reason. And that's why I say, you know, we have to examine ourselves when something happens. When so, even 9-11, you know, as a country, what did we do to deserve that? You know, that's a big question. But nothing happens by chance. I think that that was a big wake-up call for us to answer for our country's transgressions and the way, you know, our country was formed. I mean, we're going through a lot of changes right now, you know, and we have to ask Mm -hmm. these questions, like, what did we do as a collective? You know, what, what are we doing to change things? You know, it's, it's pretty heavy duty. And, you know, there's a dark, there's a dark underbelly of America that, um, I mean, I knew this. I knew, I don't know, I, I, I knew that there would, there would be a lot brought up for healing, okay? So love brings up anything in like itself for the purpose of healing. And I think that after 9-11, when they did the aerial views, you know, looking down at planet Earth, the whole, the whole uh, globe, the, the whole uh, planet was, you know, totally, I shouldn't say the planet, but um, but you know what I'm saying, the, the, the whole globe was lit up with lights and it was because people were praying yeah. all over the world and their hearts were open, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. and it's almost like that's what it's going to take for us to come back again. Like the global pandemic in some parts of the world, mm-hmm. people are getting it. I'm not so sure that's the case in the United States. It's, we're almost at war with being at war. And um, yeah. I, I just, but you know, nine eleven was a turning point and, 
you know, I've said many times, mm-hmm. you know, people were like, okay, where were you when John F. Kennedy, when you found out John F. Kennedy died? Or where were you mm-hmm. when 9-11 happened? And now it's going to be, and who did you, who did you shelter with during the pandemic? And what did that look like? Because, you know, generations, <laughs> right? become, you know what I mean? Generations I to come are going to be influenced by what and how and and well, why did they have a, a Republican National Convention where no one wore a mask and no one social distance? Why did they allow that to happen and spread the infection with how many more people? You know, it's like these questions will be asked, and and yeah. you know, it's going to be an interesting chapter. <laughs> but the thing that's different about now, as opposed to back then, is that it's really globally connected instantaneously mm-hmm. well even 9-11 i mean people in the far corners of the planet heard about it and knew about it and were appalled about it you know mm-hmm. uh the pandemic right. we are unified in this this is a global thing and mm-hmm. um we have to come together on this and black lives matter this is a global thing people are protesting right. all around the world so we're not isolated anymore, and that's the good news. The good news is that we are coming together and that we're examining these things and we're looking at our behavior and we're saying we, we have to make some fundamental changes, you know. We have to really mm-hmm. change the way we view the world and way, the way we view each other. And I talk about this in the book a lot because it's karma, what you do comes back to you. And in these days of change, it is ever so present, and it happens even faster than it did before. We used to have to reincarnate and come back in another, in another lifetime to, to work out these things. Now it's happening on a day-to-day basis. You do something and right. get slammed the very next day, you know. It's like you don't even have time. So we we are, it's about responsibility. It's about taking responsibility for every thought, action, and deed that you do. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Uh, if you want right. to be treated a certain way, then that's the way you have to treat others. It's the golden rule. Treat others uh Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule. I mean, it's a very simple concept, but how many people do it? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and it's and trying right now. It's very trying. When we're at civil war, which we are, I don't care what anyone says, we are at civil war. Mm. We have a two-party system that is um, not functioning very well. And this new thing of instead of being a Democrat or Republican, a far left, a far right, it's anything to divide us. You know, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. and these are tactics used, you know, this is what the, the, the Russian KGB did. This is what, you know, Saudi Arabia did. I mean, this is, these, these are dictatorship uh, tactics that are being, being used in our country. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So yep. when you have a collective consciousness with a global, this isn't just the United States struggling, struggling with this um, evolution of our, our, of our world. You know, it's like, Poland's having trouble. Everyone's having trouble. So oh, Brazil, for us to have this pandemic. South America. Oh, I know. China. Right. Russia. Look, at, look right. at the globe. Everybody's dealing with this. Right. 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 And but we're, the, the we're chance, all kind but, of dealing yeah. with it a little bit differently. Um, in this country, uh, we are protesting. And I do think that these anarchists that are, that are stirring the the pot, I, I think that they could be outside sources coming in because um, there are those Man. in power that would love to see us have a civil war because then oh, yeah. we're he, ripe for the pickings, right. you know. And right. Well, we they want martial very law. careful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The martial law is what they're I, angling for. So the th- but the thing of it is, Gloria, what is the solution here? Like, I mean, I don't think there's any one solution. I'm not asking for what's the what's the right answer here? Door number one, door number two, or door number three? But, but the collective consciousness. I like how you keep bringing it back to that. And of course, you know, I do believe that a lot of these resistors are paid actors. Like in in um, Oregon, that that they, once they got the the paid people out of there, I want to say paid, but whatever, supported no, in some way, paid. and mm-hmm. they they were. 
they were, many of them were. And because I know when you, you know, York, it's those that were busting <coughs> up windows and setting fires were not New Yorkers. They weren't. They weren't right. from here. So where did they come from? Well, and they were armed. They were armed with uh, riot gear and everything else. Street people, street protesters didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? No. So it was yeah. like, wow, no, I know. where did these people come from? It's a very right. scary so, thing, but this is what subversive governments do. Right. And we have one right now. And we have to deal with yeah. it. And half of America, yeah. I mean, ha- more than half of America is not understanding that this is an opportunity for us to change, you know, change this. I mean, yeah. You know, I just moved from the suburban area to the urban area. And it's so sweet. Like, I want to say sweet, but but there, there's a community feeling, you know, in a lot mm. of times in in suburban areas it's like everybody's vanilla there's a little bit of diversity um but it's not the same into you know an urban area where it's it's real it's a melting pot it's everything and you know i love that um until uh no lives will matter until black lives matter it's that simple it's it's you Mm -hmm. know and this is what happened with hitler hitler decided you know um that the jews were bad people well, what has Trump decided? It's not just Trump, though, and that's what we have to look at. It's a symptom um, that there's this. And, and I, when I was working on my social work degree, I didn't finish it, but I was working on a master's in social work. And Shanti Kanduka, my professor, back in 1994, he said within 15 years, he said the whole thing is the white people will be the minority in this country. And he says, we have yellow right. people, brown people, red people, you know, um, the different nations mm-hmm. and the different um, colors. And he said, and when that happens, the white men are not going to take this well and be prepared. They will rebel. And I'm like, his words have echoed in my mind so many times because here we are. But the thing of it is, is I want to, when you regress people, okay, so like with the regressions that you've done, do you feel like people, like some of these militia people, do you feel like they're acting out something from before or, or what do you think? Why do you think we have this whole um, fantasy right now? Or it seems like just this whole uh, attachment to law and order and the, this, um, these militias, like are they just looking well, for an identity put, or what, what is it? Yeah, let me put it to you this way. We have a counterculture that is subversive in this country and whether you like Trump or not, I'm not a political person, but all I'm saying is that he has put a magnifying glass on a lot of undercurrents in this country that has not really been looked at in a long time. And mm-hmm. it's coming up to the surface. And these groups, like we, in re- we reincarnate in soul groups. And... Mm-hmm. This could be Nazis coming back in a group saying uh-huh. we we lost the last war and now we're back and we're going to make it we're going to make it right. I don't know for sure who these people are, but and it could be a very personal thing. And that's that's the thing about reincarnation that makes it so crystal clear. If I was a slave owner during the Civil War, let's say, and I mistreated my 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 workers. You don't think they would uprise and come after me in this in this lifetime if they had the chance? They probably would. So it's always about balancing the scales. And I'm not saying activism is right. I'm just saying that if you mistreated somebody in a past life you will be mistreated in a future life because that's how you learn. It's talked right. about in the Your Bible. Right, progression. You, yeah, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, an eye for an eye, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's right, but I'm saying if everyone examined their own heart and realized that we've been everything, We've been Christian, we've been Jew, we've been Muslim, we've been white, we've been black, we've been male, we've been female, we've been rich, we've been poor. We have to know life experiences from both sides. 
of the coin. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn. Because if I were to lecture you and say, oh, you can't act like that, you can't be bigoted, you can't be, you know, a white supremacist, you can't be like that, Are you think they're going to listen to me? They're not going to listen to me. You have to learn right. through your own experience. And it's all coming up now because this is the the final curtain, let's say, on an age. You have to decide what side of the fence are you going to be on. You're going to be on the side of raising the level of consciousness on the planet or are you going to succumb to war and greed and poverty? What side, what do you want? you want peace and light and love or do you want to continue to fight and kill each other and maim each other and hurt each other? You have to decide right. what side do Barbaric. you want to be on. Right. And I think and, at and, you this know, point in the game, we got to raise the level. We got to come up. We can't go down. We got to come mm-hmm. up. I agree. I agree. So in your study of doing the past life regressions, what is, um, if you would just share a, a couple of stories, um, or not stories, but, but they are stories, or re, just share working with clients some of the things that um, you're like, wow, just even well, you are okay. surprised. because Yeah, we have clients, uh, for, you know, there's confidentiality agreements between you and your clients, but I do have one story in the book of, of woman I've worked with who studied with me with Roger Wolger and after our uh, week-long sessions with him I mean I studied with Roger for five years and I was so lucky to to meet him and study with him because he died uh, in uh, 2011 and I no one saw that coming you know and I feel like I was at the end of his career that I got the benefit of his lifetime of work and the culmination of this process that he developed. So I really consider myself lucky. So there was this woman in my group that uh, was on basically the same path as I was, and we lived near each other. So after our week-long sessions, we would come back and we would work on each other. We would trade sessions with each other, which was great because we could practice with each other and really learn Mm -hmm. the nuance of of the whole thing. So she had an issue come up, and I can't remember exactly what was the catalyst for it, but we got into this story, and she's a young girl in uh, Florence, quarantine, during the Renaissance period, you know, like late 1500s, early 1600s. And she's born into a um, very modest family, and her parents decide to sell her to a brothel in Florence. She's a young girl, about 14 years old, and she's just gorgeous. She's dark black hair, green eyes, lovely girl, very innocent, very naive, has no idea what's about to happen. Her parents say, oh, we're going to go into town, and I want you to get dressed up and look real pretty because, you know, it's a day out in the city and blah, blah, blah. And they drop her off at this place, and they leave her there. And she's distraught. She doesn't know what to do. She's with these strangers. And they start grooming her. And, uh, of course, what happens to her is horrific. And she, she loses her sense of self there. She dissociates so badly that after a while she's like walking around comatose. And there's a woman in the brothel who's doing the laundry and cooking the meals and doing the kitchen work and stuff, and she takes pity on this girl, and she wants to help this girl. And as I'm regressing my friend, I realize that I'm that woman in her story. I'm the cook and cleaner and 
protector of these girls because most of the women that worked there were adults. But this was a young 14-year-old girl, and I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing to this girl, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, my, the hair would stand up on my arm. They, you know, as she's telling her story, I could see everything that she's telling me because I'm in her story. So we process her story, and then we have to go back and then process my story. But, of course, it took a few days because I had to absorb everything. I was a little bit freaked out, and I said, well, no wonder why we became such fast friends in in the seminars, because we knew each other. And, and she trusted right. me because I was the only one in the house who tried to help her. So it was, wow. and, and it's funny because I'm, I'm about 10 years older than her, so I still had that motherly uh, complex with her. You know, she was still mm-hmm. the child, I was still the mother. I still fell into that role. And, in fact, she was abandoned by her family in this life. So she was kind yeah. of playing the whole thing out again, and I was there again to help put her back wow. together. But now we now we had real tools to work with and to process the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. That was just an amazing event. <laughs> but wow, I can imagine. Group. Yeah. Right. See, see um, you know, Deepak Chopra, the first time I, I saw him speak, he was like 600 people, and he never once called it meditation. <laughs> He called it lengthening the quiet pauses between the thoughts because this is like still when, you know, meditation was the Herbert Benson response. And, you know, they didn't really call it meditation yet. But he was talking about Mm. um, uh, synchronicity and that things line up. And then the next time I Mm. saw him speak, there were 800-something people. And when he spoke that time, oh, he was totally um, using all the lingo and was, you know, no longer, well, he was hired, you know, paid for by Kaiser Permanente for a long time, you know, supported his work. And so he came in the traditional setting and then he branched off. But the next time I heard him, two years later, he says, we're way beyond synchronicity. We are into synchro destiny. And he said, pay attention to any group that you're in because it's not an accident that you're together. And it could very Mm -hmm. well be that you worked together before in another lifetime. And then here you are to do Mm -hmm. work together in a a different way this time. And, you know, I I mean, I know that I, this isn't the first time I've done healing because when I was in Egypt, um, um, no, 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 Greece, Greece was the first time this showed up. It was also in Mexico. A lot of times when I do international travel, you just connect with people and you're like, Whoa, they feel very familiar, you know, and it's, it's not Mm. always international travel, but but it feels like when I'm traveling internationally, I'm out of my linear mind a little bit more. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But at any rate, it made sense to me because, you know, I was in charge of a whole team in, in Greece, like the in charge of all of the instructors, you know, the, the seminar leaders. I was in charge of all the translators. I was in charge of every logistical wow. detail for 250 people from around the world that came together for 10 days. You can imagine. And there was wow. this one night where, oh, I know, I know. And, and there were team meetings. There, it was so complicated, Gloria. And I was supposed to be an honored guest because I had brought 10 mm. people with me from, you know, the St. Louis area. And, and then when I got there, oh, flight change and plan, you were in charge of logistics. And I knew I was being tested. I, I, I knew all of it. I knew all of it. And, and you know, and then we were going for the vote, like, to be a, a, a breathwork trainer. And I didn't get the oh. vote. And it was, it was it, the women voted for me, but not the men. And I'll never forget standing in the lobby, getting ready to leave after this, like, 10 days of what in the world just happened here. And Sandra Ray, my friends and teachers, saying to me, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out what's going on with you and men. And, and mm. I said, well, I honestly think that I was a Delphi Oracle. And I said, and I gave the government information they didn't want to hear. And I said, I think that all got acted out here because they didn't want to hear this new person that they didn't know. They want everything to stay the same. They want, uh, they, they didn't want any changes. And I said, and I came in with creative ideas and every single one of them was shot down by every man. And I said, so, you know, it's not an accident. I incarnated into a family and wound up with five brothers, no sisters. You know, I mean, it's like wow. I've got, I have things 
you know, and I know that, but I know you that. You have to work said, out play something with the male energy. Oh, it's over us. now. Yeah. It's over now, but, you know, but, but, but there was this guy from uh, Germany, Bernd from, um, Bernd Schrader from Germany, I'll never forget him, and he brought 11 people with him. Like, we were the two powerhouses that brought, you know, 21 people between the two of us right, for this mm. group. So we were, we were looked at kind of like as, wow, who are these people? Well, Bernd, you know, if we didn't get the vote, we could go up to the person and look them in the eyes and ask, you know, I noticed you did not raise your hand to vote for me. May I ask um, why? Is there any feedback that you can give me? And he was very amazing. He looked me in the eyes. And I mean, this guy, he reminded me of my first husband, very German, six foot three, big guy, like, you know, and, and I just looked at him and he said, he said, I, I see that you have not handled your case with your alcoholic father. And he says, my fear for you would be that you would attract a training full of angry alcoholic men. And I, I would not want that for you. I think you have some more work to do. And I looked at him. I said, oh. I have done so much with my, with my, I said, I have done so much work with my dad and my stepdad. I said, but okay, thank you for being honest. Well, when I got back oh. to the state, this, that this friend of mine said, aren't you angry? You spent all that money. You did all this and that, and you didn't get the vote. I'm like, oh no, oh no. There was this defining moment. I said a few of them, but this one that I'll never forget is this big, tall guy, like, giving me the truth, like, what he perceived and what he got. And he knew that I, I wasn't ready right yet. I had a little more healing. Well, guess, guess what happened? This was, like, this was like a week or two after I got back and my girlfriend came over and we were talking. And at that point, as soon as I admitted that, that, no, I'm not angry. I'm grateful because I now know. And I've been working. He was right. At that moment, the machine went off. And this fax came through from Germany, from Bernd Schrader, dear Cindy. I sense that there has been a complete shift in you since Greece. You have my full undivided vote. Oh, I support you as a teacher. Ah. Oh, you see. It was the gratitude, <laughs> the gratitude that right. shifted it. Because right. if you had been angry and wanted to uh, oppose him, then it just mm-hmm. would have added to it, and and you would have not been healed by it. Right. But the gratitude right. and giving love to that per individual shifted everything for you. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And it's like, you know, but this is the thing. Like, maybe I knew Bert before because we both kind of, there was a soul recognition when I saw him and he mm. saw me and we, we never really had deep conversations, but there was a, there was a respect that mm-hmm. came from who knows where, but, but you know, this, this thing like with, with souls incarnating at the same time, you know, you look at mm-hmm. all of these children at the border in cages and 4,000 children mm. lost by our government. That's going to, you know, this, you know, I know it's a weird segue to go from, from, <laughs> from Greece and that to this, but I, I, I have thought about this many times. Like when we, when there is atrocious, horrific behavior done to people, mm. there's, there's a karmic payback for that. But is the karmic payback to every American that looked the other way during this? Or is the karmic well, payback? There's also, more- yeah, there's, there's also another aspect of this and that's soul contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've read any of Carolyn Miss's books, you oh, know many, and I've heard her many times. Yep. We we have a contract that we sign before we come into this lifetime, and we um, take on certain responsibilities, knowing full well, like Jesus, for example, he knew before he even came into that body, that he was going to be tested and have to die on the cross. He knew that. He took that mantle and and walked with it because he knew that he was going to be the light to the world and that he was going to show us all that no one really ever dies and that we can all achieve a light body. He knew that going in. And was it difficult? Yes, it was difficult. But did George Floyd know that that day was going to come to be a light to the world and say, this is what police brutality has come to in this country? 
Is that his contract? Did he sign that contract to say, yes, this is, I'll, I will do this? Is it easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy. Right. But nothing happens by chance. Nothing. Right. This has all been orchestrated. And I'm not saying we don't have free will. He could have at any time said, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to follow mm-hmm. through with it. You know what I'm saying? We still have free will. Right. But if you write that contract, then you come into this life knowing full well that this is what your mission is and this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So It's very hard. What, it's very hard to stay hard. positive sometimes. I know. I know. And to understand that there's, you know, there's a um, the karmic implications. Because, you know, I didn't, there was a time when I was like, what does karma mean? And, you know, and I brought one of my teachers from India to St. Louis for one of the conferences, probably four or five times. And this one time he spoke on karma. And I, I left that lecture with a whole different appreciation for karma. But I have to tell you something. My, my nephew from my first marriage, and, I, you know, I, when divorces happen, sometimes you don't get to see people anymore. You know, it's mm. kind of weird. But so I hadn't seen him in probably 15 or 20 years. And so he's an adult now. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, this, this part of the family, you know, is my former husband's family. They're very Republican. And we were, oh. um, which is, you know, it used, it used to be that it didn't matter. Republicans, Democrats. Remember there was a time when we all respected each other. It was like, oh, okay, okay, more conservative, more liberal. Right. But at any rate, that, that night, and, and this young man's on the autistic spectrum. And I knew that even when he was little because he was just extremely brilliant but had a hard time really talking to people. And so right. I said to him, I said, so go. I said, so go. What do you, what do you think about what's going on in the world today, you know, and in our country? And he goes, he goes, he said, Anthony, actually called me Anthony. So he says, Anthony, I'll tell you what I think. There are some really bad people doing some really bad things. They're just bad people. And I said, well, is it really just that simple that they're just bad people? And he goes, they're bad people. I said, what does your dad say? He says, well, he says for the first time ever, he's not voting in this election. He says he will not vote wow. for Trump, but he can't, but he can't. He can't vote for someone else, but in, and I'm like, wow. I said, your dad said that. He goes, yeah, that's what my dad said. And I'm like, wow. So I, but I walked away from that dinner. It was a dinner for, you know, my daughter who was visiting and, you know, from out of the country. And I walked away from that that night. And I, and those words have replayed in my mind. And it has a lot to do with karma. It's like do good deeds and you create like, you know, good brownie points in your Akashic records. Like, you know, like be a good person. It's that simple. If you are a, but, but bad things right. happen to good people, too. Remember, bad things happen right. to good people, too. But as a, the Dalai right. Lama says, are you going to react right. or respond? So right. when things happen, you have a choice. You can go down the tubes and, oh, and whoa, and victim. You can do all that. Or you can just say, you know what? There's something better. There's a reason this happened. You know, or how lesson in this and you know um Amici, the hugging saint vedic astrologer one time was reading my chart and without going into all the details she i said oh no you can't tell me that because she i had broken my leg and fractured my ankle in three spots and i fractured my knee and i'm in a hospital bed right with mm. pneumonia and she says oh you have another she said did you have one of these falls in 2016 or, or 2006 rather i'm like well yeah but how could you know that she goes, it's in your chart. I'm like, she said, you were in a wheelchair then too, weren't you? I said, yeah. And she goes, you've got a potential for another one of these falls in June of 2016. And I'm like, no, you cannot tell me this. This was in 2012. I said, you cannot say oh. that. I'm, I'm, I'm like going, like, I'm desperately fighting for my life here, kind of like holding it all together. And she said, you watch. She said, but here's the deal, Cindy. What happened both times when you broke your leg? I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, I couldn't drive. I had to have people help me. They had to grocery shop for me. They did my laundry. I said, you have no idea. And she said, oh, you let people help you and love you and support you? <laughs> I said, That's what? That's the lesson right there. <laughs> right, yep. right. And then she said, get yep. the lesson, and you don't need the lesson. And that that has become like, a, like you know, in, in feng shui, we say love it, use it, or lose it. You know, if yeah. you don't love it, if you don't use it, lose it. Okay, so now I've got this thing, get the lesson. You don't need the lesson. So when things show up, I'm like, okay, what's the lesson here? Let me get it. And then I don't yeah. need the lesson. Yeah. So, so, right. so karmically, right. karmically right now, what you're saying is that, that we have a, a group of souls who have possibly, not definitely, but possibly incarnated at a time 
where they worked together before and it didn't work. They, they lost. Mm. And so they could conceivably, you know, be back looking a little bit differently, not the blonde, airy and blue eyed people totally, but the, but this whole thing could be that they are here to complete their mission in a different way. Well, it could, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know uh, what the dynamics are. All I'm saying is that I've been told that we reincarnate in soul groups and that in America in particular, we are Atlanteans, that we Mm. have come back from Atlantis to get it right this time because in Atlantis, we use technology to a fault, and they they basically blew themselves up. So um, we have to be a little bit more uh, conscious of the planet. We have to heal the planet. We have to come together on a lot of different issues. Um, you know, I'm just saying if we all I got examine it. ourselves in our own hearts, we will find the answers. If you are so filled with hatred, then you have to look at that and say, why, it, why do I hate this person so much? And you've got to mm. look at that. I don't know if these white supremacists are willing to do that because they are digging their heels in and they feel that they are in the right. But this is, the, this is duality. This is where we're at. We are in a three-dimensional planet. Everything is black, white, right, wrong, Republican, mm-hmm. Democrat, male, female. This is duality. What we're attempting to do is go to a third-density planet to a fourth-density planet, which is the new age of Aquarius, which is being ushered in now. And this is why this is all coming up, because like I said before, you have to decide what side of the fence are you on. And once mm-hmm. you decide, you can elevate yourself to this fourth-density, fourth which is the heart chakra, if you know anything about your chakras, we, third density is the gut, is your solar plexus. It's about your identity and who you are, right? And now we're moving mm-hmm. up into the heart chakra, which is compassion, love for your fellow man, wanting to come together to help each other. You don't have to be a saint, you know, people say, well, I can't, I can't be that good. You know, how am I going to get to the fourth dimension? You only have to be 51%, as they say in the Law of One book, which is a, which is a very powerful um, documented prophetic book that's been around for the last decade or so, if you can get a copy of it. The Law of One talks about Moving into the fourth density, the heart chakra, you have to be 51% loving, kind, compassionate. So take the responsibility. And what I offer people is a chance to clear up their karma because I don't just look at their stories and say, oh, okay, you were a farmer in in the Middle Ages and, you know, blah, 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 this is what happened. No. I take all the nuances of that lifetime, what happened emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and I take you up to the higher realms on a soul level and heal on every level so that your physical pain, what, what you know, if you died because, uh, you know, a wagon fell on you, or you got run over by a runaway wagon or something and you, and you died from your injuries, that gets healed. If you're emotionally distraught because you lost everything you owned in that lifetime, we heal that. You know, spiritually, what did that mean to you? You know, every level, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And that's why it's so complete. I leave no stone left unturned. And I heal right. on every level. So you do not have to repeat the pattern and go back there again. You'll be finished with right. it. And we ask your higher self, 
have you learned your lesson? And mm-hmm. if they say yes, you can move on, fine. If not, then maybe there's a nuance that you haven't dealt with, a forgiveness perhaps, or a loving. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's you have to forgive yourself. Right. You have to forgive yourself. You know, guilt is one of the hardest things to transform. Guilt. Well, because it's such guilt. an internal, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's an emotion that. Well, and and you talk about this in your book quite a bit, and you know, with Roger Wilger, how the body doesn't, you know, everything's stored yeah. in the body, like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you were talking about the stomach in your book, I'm just going to read this one paragraph. It says the stomach is also a symbol of the solar plexus. The solar plexus is the energy center associated with ego. This is the source of personal power, self-belief, and self-worth. Man, that you're describing in this lost his power because he had no integrity. He was living a lie. Mm-hmm. The English mm-hmm. woman also lost her feminine power in the torture chamber, not only because she lied, but because the men at that time were afraid of the feminine power and had mm-hmm. to keep it in check. Well, does this sound right. familiar? She was yeah. compelled to commit to her story to survive. And anyway, the thing of it is, is this: um, I like that you are explaining that you know the body, the body, let the body tell the story. And I once had a client who was referred to me. She had moved here from Boston, and um, I'm not going to go into all the details, but. Uh, let me see how I can make this succinct. She came to me for um, the hands-on work that I do because mm-hmm. she had, and, and she was coming for, for breath work as well. It kind of went from one mm-hmm. to both of them. And she had had three mm-hmm. so- shoulder surgeries at the time that she came to me and she was scheduled for a fourth. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just don't mm-hmm. know if I should have this. And so her story unfolded and her story was that there was a betrayal, a betrayal that happened with her father, with her first boyfriend. And then there was a betrayal, and it was a sexual thing. And then there was a betrayal with her husband, with her best friend. Mm-hmm. And that, then that, that uh, she was the godmother to the children of her best friend. And so everything got lost. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just a – and so in that – and then, but then in the past life regression that she did with a Roger Wilbur-trained therapist, it came out that, you know, this part of her shoulder that just kept, like – Mm-hmm. You know, the energy was there and pain. Mm-hmm. She had been um, shot in the back with an arrow. Mm-hmm. Or no, not an arrow. It was not an, a Native American thing. No, it was not an arrow. It was she was shot in the back. And so that particular part of her body is where the trauma from a prior she held lifetime. The complex right there. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, and so you talk a lot about this. You, yeah. you have to right. consciously release it. So that's why I talk about in the book, we have these different levels of consciousness. Beta is you're fully awake. Alpha is daydream state between conscious and unconscious. And that's where I like to work. A lot of um, hypnotic uh, regressions take you into a theta level, which is deeper. It's a deeper sleep state. But mm-hmm. in that state, you don't get in touch with your body, and you can dissociate very easily. I like to keep mm-hmm. you just above that in the alpha because your body has a story to tell, and I can get your right. story through the body. You know, if you have a pain in the hip, you have a pain in your leg where, where it broke or fractured. There's a story there. You know, let's get it out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. And that'll, that'll go, you'll, it's just amazing to me how the story will right. just unfold. And once you're in it, you know you've done this work. Once you're in it, it just comes out and it's like right. you think to yourself, am I making this up? But it's really like you're watching a movie. It's a life, right. It's right. A life review. And you're seeing everything. And you're like, right. am I making this up? And I'm like, just stay with it, stay with it, keep going. We have to go through mm-hmm. the whole story, and then we get right. to the end, and and uh, we, I look at the death process, how you died, what were the mm-hmm. thoughts you were holding in your mind when you died, because a lot oh, of absolutely. times those very thoughts are what propel you into the next life. Like if you were right. uh, shot, like this woman you just spoke about. 
she might be holding, well, I'm going to get them for this. I'm going to come, I'm going to get revenge on this. And so what's going to happen? She's going to meet the very guy that shot her in the next life and they're going to, they're going to go at it. They're going to have to work with that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to, it's not finished. The story continues. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, and you don't need a lesson. It is. Not you know, and it's fascinating. No, I mean, it's, okay, so explain that because I agree. Go ahead. What? Explain that it's what? not always How a lesson. You... Well, it's not always a well, lesson. Sometimes it's, it's karmic payback or I don't know how to explain it. I'm not doing Well, Go ahead. it is a lesson, but it's also a contract that you came back to carry that cross. You know, that mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you were there for somebody else to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're you there know, to help somebody else over a hurdle. You don't know. It right. plays out, but it all comes out in the story. And you learn mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe I came back in this lifetime to help my friend who was in that brothel as a 14-year-old girl. Maybe, maybe I, you know, I was here for her. Uh, You know, it was unfinished business. I couldn't help her then, but I did help her now, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So So it's really a a matter of being very present and being mm -hmm. willing, willing to um, be part of the collective consciousness that's doing good work right now. That is um, Uh not the big, big thing is to no matter what, to not go into the deeper um, malevolent feelings of hatred. And, you know, it's like, you know, what is it? uh, You know, that saying when you, what you perceive in another, you're, well, no, this is Marianne Williamson. Okay. What Marianne Williamson says is what you perceive in another, you're strengthening yourself. So what do you want to see? You know, and it's kind of a takeoff on the one finger pointing and three pointing back. But the thing of it is, right. is this, and I think this is where, where a lot of people on planet Earth are um, confused right now. We don't want to hate because hatred is such a low vibration uh, feeling, mm-hmm. but there's such mm-hmm. a, this, 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 the word is disgust almost, like um, an aversion to some of the things that are, that are happening. I mean, I, I, think that, I think that we have media and there's just so many different venues that are propaganda and um, they're not, it's not the truth. And so, you know, here we are wanting to become a better people and a better nation and a better world. But right now we're very isolated from the world. We're not really connected. The United States is not connected. We're not part of the, you know, the global pandemic solutions. We've removed ourselves from a lot of the global alliances where we won't let people come to our border to see what's really going on. You know, we can't be mm. tried for crimes of, um, humanitarian crimes at the border. I forget why, but there's some kind of an exception. Someone explained this to me and I don't, and I, I think I, I think I just remember thinking that is a ridiculous situation that we agreed that no one would be tried for war crimes, but okay. Um, so there's a whole lot going on right now. And I think that we're all being asked to step up a little bit. And if we collectively, I mean, what do you see Gloria? Like, or what is your advice for all of us on planet earth at this time right now? Because You've done this work for a long time, and I know Roger Wilger was brilliant. So is there any insight that you have on ways that we can um, perhaps help others raise their vibration? Well, you have to pray, you have to meditate, you have to go within, and you have to be conscious of your thoughts and your actions. You cannot separate yourself from those things. You are what you think. If something happens to you, if you're pulled over on the side by a police officer and you, you're involved in a confrontation with that officer, you have to examine your part in that. You can't point fingers anymore. You have to take responsibility for your part in that that interaction and I'm not saying anybody's right or anybody's wrong I'm just saying that we all collectively came here at this time to raise the level of consciousness on the planet we all contracted to do that and everything Mm -hmm. is coming to the surface now 
and being examined. And a lot of people are appalled by it. I, for one, cannot believe some of the things I'm seeing. I limit my exposure to the news because it's so negative. Mm -hmm. I just can't even go there anymore. Right. But I'm just saying that if you keep yourself in check and you go out and and be the better person, you Mm -hmm. uh, display love and compassion, then it has to transcend everybody. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa There's... was amazing. There was a war going on in the Middle East, right? And she mm-hmm. was like, there's an or- orphanage behind enemy lines, and there's no way to get food or, or services to these children, and we need to go in there and get them out. And they said, lady, <laughs> We're in the middle of a war. We're not going to stop the war just because of these kids. And she says, oh, no, you are. We have to go and get them. And they prayed on it. And lo and behold, they gave her 24 hours. They had a ceasefire for 24 hours for her to go in and get these children mm-hmm. out. That's, That's Mother the power. That's the power she had. She didn't have guns. Mm-hmm. She didn't have, you know, ammunition. What she had was her positive thinking and knowing that she had greater forces behind her. You know, the angelic realm, you know, she had um, Archangel Michael, you know, you're not going to mess with them. You're just not. (laughs) No, you're not. No. And I I think, I think, Gloria, when you look at the good that's come out of like the last four years, you know, of transition in our country. It's really amazing. Women have awakened. I mean, I, I, I was mm-hmm. on the edge, you know, like, you know, I'm, 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 um, I missed out on, I didn't protest, you know, that was, those were people a little bit older than me. And then I just kind of everything, you know, was Roe versus Wade and, you know, all, all that, I was right on the edge of a lot of it, but it wasn't until 2016 that I, I was in that March, that March where women, women marched on every continent, Everywhere across this world, those people marching, and they have saved those uh, post those uh, banners, the the protest signs. They're in they're in. Oh, we have three minutes. So I'm going to do this really quickly. They're in um, they're in museums all throughout the world because that was a defining moment when women co- mm-hmm. right. And there were priests and nuns and every denomination and everything marching in St. Louis. And I mean, I just remember thinking this is a historical moment in. Um, I look at this now and I look at the women who are awakened and we have more women running for office than ever before. And, right. you know, our, my, my guest last week, I did not realize how much the Native American women influenced um, our Constitution. And I did not, like, they have oh, way yeah. more rights than, than our women ever have. Oh, and yeah. so, so, oh, yeah. Right. So I, so I think that we're all, like, women are awakened. And I think that as soon as women don't go into, you know, I mean, it's not, no, I, I'm going to take that back. I think that it's a re, recalibration. I think that we have gone from um, uh, dual, polarity, polar opposites to duality, getting mm. to know the masculine and feminine, and now we're moving into the heart chakra, like you said, and that's where the healing is going to happen. Yeah. So listeners, that's, that's you've been listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been, and you're going to get another like 30 seconds here, but I just want to mention, this is Gloria DePietro that you've been listening to this morning, my guest, and I really want to um, just acknowledge the work you're doing, and thank you. Um, she's a past life regressionist, art therapist, doing fabulous work. She's, um, her website, to find out more about her book and her work, is pastliferegressny.com. That's pastliferegressny.com. Okay, um, anything else, Gloria, you've got, like, one minute here. I just Anything want to say to one thing. <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Everything's happening for a reason. Keep focus mm-hmm. on the positive. Keep your uh, spirits high. Know that you are the change you seek, and don't ever lose faith. Blessings oh. to all. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, thank you so all much. Right. All right. Okay. Namaste. Thank okay, you so listeners. much. Namaste. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So, listeners, Bye. that was Dr. Uh, I, I, I'm, thank you. Uh, sorry to call you doctor. Okay, so that was Gloria uh, 
Pietro, we will be back on the air next week with uh, Christine Compass, and we will give you the astrology and the moon cycles for the month of September. And the September Spirit Seeker is ready to be printed, so we will be uh, in the community soon. All right. Have a fabulous day. Have a fabulous weekend. Thank you so much. Remember, you can share the show the minute it's over. It becomes a podcast. It's ready within minutes. You can re-listen to it or share it with others. So thank you so much. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer. That's C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.